Hello, everybody. We welcome you to another episode of John Talks. The MLB regular season is over. The playoff matchups are set. Chaos was avoided, and we're here to break it all down. Also, some MVP, Cy Young talk along the way. And, of course, to help me out, my buddies, Ted Trendacosta, Joe Brown. Guys, how's it hanging? Playoffs are here. Both of your teams are in the play- – well, Ted, your Mets are not in the playoffs. My Mets are not uh, in But the my playoffs. Dodgers are, um, so we're happy about that. Uh, Joe Brown, the Yankees – uh, you know, they started very low, got high after the uh, trade deadline and basically backed into the playoffs, but they have now earned a wild card bid. Uh, how are you feeling about uh, the Bombers? Well, you know, they've been on a roller coaster all season long, and I'm not a fan of roller coasters. I'm the one that holds everybody's jackets and purses at Six Flags when they all go onto the, the ride. So on King to Car or whatever, I... I'm very nervous. I know we're recording obviously before the wild card happens. Um, but even during the 13 game win streak, I didn't have much confidence in the team, like sustaining this over the playoffs, because it's, if you look at especially September, but through August and September, it's really been the judge and Stanton showcase <laughs> and everyone else is just wearing pinstripes uh, trying to, you know, latch onto it. Like they're the, I think Stanton, through August ended with 18 or 19 home runs and judge like was insane the last two months of the season. So uh, I, I worry, it seems like when the bats are cold, the pitching is good. And when the pitching is off, the bats are hot. And this has been a continual issue with the Yankees for multiple seasons at this point and uh, it continues not to be fully addressed. So I am not overly confident to answer your question, Perez, that the Yankees will do well this postseason, but I will be pleasantly surprised if they do. I went to the Yankees A's game in Oakland where um, Stanton and judge both hit home runs. And I was telling my fiance, I was like, cause she said, wow, the Yankees are amazing. I thought they were really bad. Cause she doesn't really follow as much as, as we do. And I said, yeah, who would have thought that bringing in two lefties like that can hit for power would actually help the team play well. Right. And it's just amazing how those two guys turned the season around, but then also went dormant like the last month of the season as well. And you live with the streakiness. Uh, Here's my not so hot take. I felt that if the Yankees did not make the playoffs, they had to fire both Boone and Cashman. Um, And I feel like Cashman's been walking the tightrope the last maybe three years or so, because he's seeing all the adulation that the Rays are getting and quote, they're winning ways, even though they, managed to self-destruct and lose themselves a world series last year. Um, having said that, I don't that, really see it, them as them losing a world series, but more as a, just the happiest moment of my life. Right. Yeah. <laughs> How if would Blake I, Snell describe it? Ted? Right. How would he describe that moment? But, I don't really think much about him. He's not in the playoffs this season, <laughs> but it is amazing. Everybody on Twitter saying, give me the raise model any day. What are you nuts? They haven't won anything. Yeah. They get to the playoffs. It's great. And listen, we could get into that whole tangent, but anyway, Cashman was trying to win with an all righty lineup and trying to build this farm system and the Yankees who judge and Ted, we grew up with, if they don't win a world series, the season's a disappointment. Now they're patting themselves on the back for either winning divisions or getting in uh, via the wild card game. And that's not the way it should be. Boone at times when Boone looks bad, he is awful. Like <laughs> he just makes really bad decisions. Say what you want about our best friend, Joe Girardi, but at least when Girardi struggles, he goes down with his own guys and his own plan. There are just times where Boone, I mean, what was it? The Yankee Red Sox game in the middle of in the summer where basically everybody on the bench got tossed except for Boone. 
for an egregious call. Oh, the, that's the, when the he should have been fired. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if there was any weekend for him to be fired, but whatever, he rallies the troops, they get there and you know, they, they, they advance by the skin of their chinny chin chin um, because they get some all world performances from Stanton. But, you know, before we dissect this game as a whole, uh, your thoughts on the Yankee season uh, this year. I think it's, it's actually, it's been remarkable with how close everything has been. I think they've, they set a record for the most one to, or two run games played in a season. I think I, I heard that on during the broadcast on Sunday. Um, so every game is close. They're not, you know, besides the Rays game where they lost 12 to two, most of the time they're not getting blown out or winning in a blowout. So it should give them some good experience or some good uh, drama to, to be experienced from in the playoffs. Like I was uh, when I was, uh, I don't want to get inside baseball, but when I was cutting post uh, yesterday from them clinching, Jameson Tyone talked about how Rizzo being a champion has like really helped the team and like he's been here before and so he's not nervous in the seventh inning when they're trailing by one run and like he te- he essentially like shows everybody how to act in this time the same way with Gardner right as the only remaining player from the 2009 team on the roster so uh, I think Gardner Chapman and Rizzo are the only current Yankees that have won a ring I could be wrong about that uh, but I'm pretty sure that's the the case um i think that's fair yeah so uh i think like the season overall but i am i'm confused how everyone else is confused at how we got here because remember the the preseason uh i guess bets or uh, over unders were that the yankees were going to make the world series they were the most likely team to win the american league and stuff and i just never bought into it because I didn't trust the pitching and I didn't trust the hitting uh, and the injuries like Aaron Hicks, everybody forgets that he was supposed to be the starting center fielder, the switch hitting third, you know, three, three slot in the team, but he hasn't been there all season. So now Brett Gardner's played too many games. Clint Frazier has been out for the, for half of the year. Um, uh, I can't, you know, there's just been so many different issues that like, I never saw why this team compared to 2020 or 2019 or 2018 or 2017, whatever, why specifically this Yankee team was going to perform better than any of those years, because it's been the same issue for five years. And I would agree with you, Perez, that that does end up coming back on Brian Cashman, how there's consistently been the same issue. You have this super bullpen, but you still don't have starting pitching to help you get there. And you have some some good power power hitters and judge and stand and void, um, but you don't have people consistently getting on base for you. So that's why Rizzo has helped. But yeah, I uh, I think it's been a confusing season. Which not for nothing. I understand that the trade market was so top heavy when it came to pitchers, but how were the Yankees not one of the teams that were very in on Max Scherzer? I he understand want, that. Want, I think Scherzer said to, he wasn't going to New York, yeah, right? I've he want, he wanted to go to the East. Uh, but West see, Coast. but see, right. But see, here's the thing with a lot of those talks too, because Brandon Phillips did the same thing. They'll put these teams on their no trade list. So the other team has to then leverage more mm-hmm. and convince. Well, he had know, a full like, no trade. Right. No, I understand that. But, okay. you know, if the, if the Nationals also, are getting a good package and the Yankees then could start, you know, negotiating, because this is what happens with teams, they could, you know, the Yankees could say, okay, well, this is what maybe we'll pay you in free agency. Then they'll waive their no trade clause. But even to your point, there were other pitchers, like the B tiers, like Kyle Gibson and, and other people that were right. like solid that got traded, but they're mm-hmm. not Max Scherzer. And they didn't go after any of them because Cashman kept saying, 
wait till September. We're going to have Severino back. We're going to have Herman back. We're going to have Kluber back. We're going to have Tyone back. And so like you just kept waiting for a moment that never came because now Kluber can only give you three innings with, uh, without getting shelled the second time or third time around the order. Severino only gives you one or two because he took longer to ramp up than before. Herman, you don't trust to even give you more than one because you watched too many people. So like you waited for a moment that never came. And then here we are now. And like, if you went out and got another solid pitcher, maybe you have 94 wins and you're hosting this wild card game instead of playing it at Fenway. See, now you're right with Kyle Gibson because listen, he doesn't move the needle, but remember Cashman yeah. was tripping all over himself to get Jaime Garcia a few years ago. <laughs> like, you know, like let's Sonny Gray, Jay right, Happ, so, all yeah. the right, Lance exactly. Lynn they traded for. Which which if you look at Lance Lynn having success in Chicago, Aaron Hicks being a disappointment, Luis Severino also being a disappointment and always being hurt, those are big marks on Cashman. And unfortunately, that's just the way it goes. At, at the time, yes, it sounded like a good, good idea. But you know, in, in, you know, hindsight being twenty twenty, still, it doesn't look good for a guy that prides his front office on being very forward thinking, um, very into the analytics. Sometimes you just have to go with the eye test. Lance Lynn, <laughs> basic, just this big lumbering righty who strikes everyone out. Eventually, he figured it out. Um, yeah, so those. Those are the things. Okay, so let's let's talk about the game before we go to the Dodgers because I've got a lot of thoughts on the Dodgers too. Um, I, you know, like you said, the, the Yankees are the favorites to win this division. They basically put it all together. They're um, the favorites to win this game. I you yeah. Think the, you think they're favored? So is Cole starting on? It's yeah. Cole, Cole and Evaldi. Cole and Evaldi, and Cole has an extra day of rest. Yeah, I like, like, uh, like I feel like Evaldi's very volatile. I don't like, I don't know how much, and like, I'd rather, like, I see sure Cole hasn't had like a great, greatish September, you know, but great, like, he has a 6.5, 6.15. Yeah. But like, if, if I'm like coin flipping starters in terms of what performance I'm going to get, Cole's going to come up heads more often than like Avaldi's gonna. I agree with just that. Based, and listen, just based on track record. Well, yeah, based on track record, but here's this too. I've got the numbers from this year too. Yeah, Evaldi's not Pedro Martinez, but he's been effective against the Yankees this year, two and two with 3.71 ERA, but he's pitched into the seventh inning, three of those six starts. Yeah, He's actually handled himself well with the exception of getting bombed his last time out. And Garrett Cole also got bombed against the Red Sox one time this year too. So, you know, Yes, it happens once every five starts, as we're seeing from this year too. Mm-hmm. I'm not expecting these guys to go deep into the ball game whatsoever. Yeah. And I, I, would I imagine- mean, if Cole's pitching well, I can see him go. Like, like I said, it's like Cole. Cole has more of a chance to go six plus than Evaldi, and that Red Sox bullpen is Garbo. Yeah, well, I think oh, I think the Red like, Sox need Evaldi to go longer than yeah. the Yankees need Cole to go longer. Exactly. But see, this is where. This was my other point with the Red Sox, and this is why I love the Red Sox this year. And I took well, the Kike over. Hernandez is on the team. Well, Kike Hernandez <laughs> is on the team, number one. Verdugo. He, he's actually played like well. Verdugo. I like but Verdugo. you mentioned two guys that the manager, Alex Cora, got a lot out of. I know yeah. that there's an argument out there that the manager doesn't affect anything. I think that's hogwash. Alex Cora is one of the best managers in baseball, and he is the difference as to why the Red Sox are performing this year. Like, that's there's no debate about that. This team was supposed to win 80 and a half games. That was the over under. Now they're hosting the, the wild card game. 
And for anybody who's out there that says, oh, it's only a game in April, it doesn't mean anything, it doesn't mean anything. The reason the Red Sox are hosting this game is because they played so well the first three months of the season and have played 500 baseball the rest of the way. Mm -hmm. They bend it, but they didn't break. Alex Cora is the big reason for that. And I think when it comes down to a do or die game, you saw it over the weekend. I, I would have, it, it would not surprise me if you see Chris Sale coming out of the bullpen, Eduardo Rodriguez. He's not going to go to his bullpen right away, his, his traditional bullpen arms. Yeah. He's going to throw starters out there. This is win or go home for him. And when it just comes down to manager intellect, I will take Alex Cora every day of the week and twice on Sunday. And he runs circles around Aaron Boone. I'm sorry. Every time that they've matched up this year, Alex Cora is basically mocked and undressed uh, Aaron Boone. And Aaron Boone, listen, I know that you need to have good players to be considered a success. And the Yankees do have a better lineup. And they, you know, I like Judge and Stanton better than I do J.D. Martinez and, um, and Alex Verdugo. But, <laughs> but, but, but the Yankees have the better lineup. They've got the better bullpen. But for some reason... I'm putting a lot of stock in the way that Alex Cora manages this game. And I don't think that the Yankees have a significantly better lineup than the Red Sox do. And if they keep it pretty even, I like the Red Sox later in this game than I do the Yankees. I don't know. I think it depends what kind of like, like if push comes to shove, like Chapman's being used at some point in this game in leverage. And it really comes down to what, what version of a role does Chapman's walking out of that pen. Right. Yeah. Well, the recent one's been pretty good. Yeah, um, he's looked pretty good recently, but like I he's just still think, not pitching clean innings, which is like a concern. I just think for me, like, and we'll, we'll find out very soon what happens here. But if you're, if I were a betting man, of is this game going to be one one to nothing or it will be one eight to six? I think it's more likely eight to six mm-hmm. because of these right. offenses. And yeah. in that case. I don't think Judge and Stanton can score eight runs by themselves, or unless they have two grand, two grand slams. Like the the Yankees' offense at times is putrid. There are I like I wish I was smart enough with statistics to look up how many times Gary Sanchez has struck out on an 0-2 pitch where he decided he was going to swing before the pitch was thrown, and it's just a garbage pitch in the dirt. And you like there were multiple times this weekend against the Rays where you had uh, you had Sanchez and Odor back to back. Oh, two strikeout, just completely uncompetitive at bats. Mm-hmm. And you don't have that as much in the Red Sox lineup. Like, uh, I don't know if Martinez is playing or not, but if he's there, he's a threat. Uh, Xander Bogarts is a threat. Kyle Schwarber's a threat. Uh, I think, I think Raphael Devers is probably the most underrated superstar in the sport oh, that, no, sure. that nobody talks about. The top five third baseman. So he's, like, yeah. he's one of the most yeah. unbelievable talents in the league and, and people don't talk about Devers enough. I mm. trust Devers at the plate more than, than, than any of the Yankees at the plate. Cause they're just going to strike out. Uh, so like if I think this game is going to be a high scoring game, which I would rate that way, the way that Cole was pitched, like I said, six ERA in his last five starts, and Evaldi gave up five runs in his last start against the Yankees. I think that's more likely to happen, and my money would be on the Red Sox. That not that their bullpen can stop the Yankees from scoring, but their right. offense can outscore how bad their bullpen is. Mm-hmm. I think if you're the Red Sox, if you could get five out of Evaldi, maybe you get two from Sale, maybe an inning from Eduardo Rodriguez. Yeah. Then you could turn it over to your closers. Um, I don't want. And that's Adam how they won the World see. Series. Correct. Starters right, yeah. as relievers. Right. Mm-hmm. And 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 Cora's not afraid to push that button. You know, Cora was up what three one against the Dodgers in the World yeah. Series. He was like, so "Screw it, we're going to win it. tonight." Right. We're going to win tonight. We're not even going to play around. Um, and that's why I love this guy. Um, and and by the way, Hunter Renfro, 
every every ball that he's hit this year has either been like a ground out to shortstop or it's gone 600 feet. There's been yeah. no in between. Yeah, that do and but that's I, always that's always been Hunter Renfro though. Right, but I feel like I feel like Renfro is maybe this generation or these last few years. Cora and Renfro is like Bruce Bochy and Cody Ross. <laughs> or like they were okay on their other team, like a serviceable player, and then they find the right manager or right team, and then just yeah. hit nukes. Well, Renfro leads the league in the outfield assists, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, like he's, he is like the deadliest arm in 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 the outfield. So that's right. huge. Yeah. Um, okay, let's go with predictions in the AO wild card game. I'll go first. Like I said, it's just the Yankees have the better lineup. They've got the better starting pitcher on the mound, but I just don't trust them. And yeah. maybe it's, maybe it's recency bias. I feel like the Yankees don't let that one, nothing win fool you uh, on Sunday. This team was limping into the playoffs. The Red Sox too. The Red Sox are not world beaters coming into the, this game either, but judge I'm with you on the high scoring affair. I think it's going to be seven, five Red Sox. Um, they go on to, to play the Rays um, after this game. So that's my prediction. Whoever wants to go next, we'll go with the judge. Go ahead, judge. Yeah. I think, if this was played in the Bronx, this would be a different story uh, because we've all seen there's some there's some mystery magic around baseball and Yankees during wild card games in Yankee Stadium. They like you had the awful Sevy start that Chad Green came in and gave up no runs. Like it, you had uh, that was also the, against the Quins. That doesn't count. Oh, I know, but I'm I'm saying you had the you had the game against the Athletics where Judge hit the home run and just like it was lights out after that. So there's some magic about the Yankees in the wild card game in in uh, the Bronx. But since we don't have that, I'm gonna say the Red Sox win this one, and it's gonna be a heartbreaking like I don't know. Yankees are up three to two in the eighth inning, and Devers hits a three run bomb. So what would that be? Five three Red Sox. If I counted math right. Fine, I'll be the uh, Yankee homer. Yankees win. Uh, Garrett Cole's throwing a no-hitter. Uh, Judge and Stanith are hitting 15 grand slams. It's going to be sick. And a close uh, one nothing Yankee win. Yeah, somehow. <laughs> yeah. A close, close <laughs> one nothing Yankee win. All right, so Ted's picking the Yankees. Let's go to the other side. Dodgers, Yankees Cardinals. in three. Yankees in three. <laughs> right. Uh, best <laughs> three. I'm, I'm a big proponent of the wild card going two out of three, but it, then then you're de-incentivizing the division winners. So there's a whole argument there. All right, Dodgers, Cardinals. Um, we all deserve, as baseball fans, we deserve a Dodgers-Giants. Yeah, LDS. that's not happening. I I've know, seen this I know. story. <laughs> I know. Uh, I've watched this story. Of, I've seen this game before. Right. Uh, Dodgers got their ace on the mound. Uh, Matt Carpenter is going to hit some dumbass home run and the game's going to end one, one, nothing. So there you go. There's my prediction. Dodgers lose. Max Scherzer gives up a home run against Matt Carpenter. And that's all. And that's all we hear from offense. I mean, it's, it's amazing what the Cardinals are doing. I don't look this up. Paul Goldschmidt hit a home run in every at bat in September. I think he leads the league with <laughs> 57 home runs. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and Adam Wainwright thinks he's 25 again. Yeah. And he's just, been insane um certainly going to be a top vote getter in the the Cy Young um Mm. award race but you know what Ted like I know we've seen this before I've seen Um, this so many times but that Matt Adams pitch haunts my dreams I know and and it's (laughs) still in a cold sweat and it still hurts even though the Dodgers won the World Series but you know I'm just looking I've always said this Max Scherzer is not a good postseason pitcher 
He pitched well in 2019, and that's when they won the World Series. Good for them. His last three starts in the postseason have been good. But as a national, you remember the game against the Cubs? He came in <laughs> immediately, uh, yeah. spit the bit, was awful. Um, this is just a guy that I don't know if I'd want. Yes, I want him on my team. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's the greatest free agent signing in the history of free agent signings. Yeah. Like, and I will fight anyone who thinks it's not. But I just – I. He just he scares me a little bit. He and really he got shelled in his last start. Right, exactly. Um, love the Dodgers lineup. Their lineup is is so much better. Who knows what's going to happen with Muncie? But I think even without he's not uh, he's not in. Okay, because he I won't even last... be, he, even if they advance, he won't even be in uh, for the DS. All right. Having said that, though, the the Dodgers lineup could beat you in so yeah. many ways, and they do have uh, they still have Marcus Lindbets, and that's yeah. that's quite frankly all you need. He's still the best player between the two teams. Um, yeah, like I said, we deserve a Dodgers-Giants LDS, especially with all that's been going on in the NL West this year mm-hmm. uh, and the free fall of the Padres. Uh, but look at yeah, me on that because that's all I've been thinking about. I mean, like, it's whatever, absolutely whatever. Tell, whatever tell, happened with the Padres the more than the Dodgers? I <laughs> yeah, love, I love yeah. it because it's like it's it's been so interesting for me to watch. Like, like in that car, there was a Cardinals game where like. Tatis had probably one of the worst at bats I've ever seen Tatis have where he swung at a curveball slider. It was never a strike, never in the zone. The second homeboy threw it out of his hands. Tatis was swinging already lunging out and had already missed. And I was like, Jesus, that was just a bad at bat. Whether it was like, maybe he's protecting his shoulder or what, but like, then like, you know, a week later hits the coolest home run I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. yeah. But it's just like, Man, what happened to that team? It's, well, <laughs> you know, I, I think um, the one thing is they had t- great team chemistry. Yeah, you know, like that—that that clearly was. Yeah, was the deal too. No, I mean, oh my god, that goodness. dugout fights, whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm not on even. Mach- I'm, I'm on, on the Machado Machado side. Yeah. Like, right, he, and- like they need Tatis more than Tatis needs to be complaining about a bad strike call. And apparently Machado was sticking up for what the bench coach or the hitting yeah. coach. Yeah. Right. That's, that's what a, that's what a veteran does. It doesn't help that Eric Hosmer has been playing at the same level as Lucas Duda. Um, don't, I mean, don't, you, don't you bring that up to me in, yeah. my, in my presence, Perez. Don't you dare do that. I mean, he was awful, he, awful um, this year. And I love he, Hosmer. Yo, you do. I think he's not good. I'm a Hosmer fan, but I single-handedly watch him take a world series away from my team. And I still love <laughs> right. the guy because I wish the Mets had players like apparently him. he was a major reason for some of the locker room dysfunction. Be not because he was bad, but because, because he was like the presence want him right. to be traded and AJ powers like, but I'm in charge. So I'm going to try to trade him because I want to look smart. So there was a huge fight between the front office and the players. And like when they started losing, it was because like, they just, they just didn't know what was going to happen every day and they lost complete chemistry. Well, it's like they Jace started Tingler, off really strong. Jace Tingler, I just do not think is a manager in any capacity. Well, it doesn't help when, you know, your player hits a home run in garbage time and then you don't defend him. Yeah. And then like, is basically encouraging the other team. Oh no, you can hit him. It's fine. Don't worry. It's good. Yeah, I know. And that's like, so I was 2020 re- Perez. I was really, <laughs> we call it the about- your mean Mercedes this year. Okay. <laughs> that's no, true. I was really thinking about that moment when the Dodgers came back down like nine, two against the Padres like last week. Cause I was like, man, the Dodgers were still trying to win a game that should have conceivably had been over. Right. 
and then they won the game. It's just like, I mean, like, so you like when you see that, you go, well, so that's why Tatis swung at that pitch because he knew it was a juiced pitch. So get the runs on the board. I mean, even some teams like take pride in spoiling other teams, and the Padres yeah. did not yeah. at all. Uh, yeah, I know we talked. I texted you guys about it yesterday with Otani um, not yeah. starting in the Angels game. It ended up not mattering because the game was over in the first inning before the Mariners even got a chance to bat. It was like, what, I think 4 nothing or something. Right. Um, yeah. But so both Chris Russo on high heat, he was outraged that Otani wasn't starting. Even Brian Kenny on MLB Tonight who's like the analytics guy, you know, save your bullets or whatever. Like he was upset Otani wasn't starting because this was the biggest game the Angels were going to play the entire year. Mm -hmm. And it was like, if the Mariners wanted to make the playoffs, they needed to beat the final boss. They had to deserve that victory. And that would be beating Otani, which by the way, I, I watched Otani's last two starts in full. He went 15 innings, 20 strikeouts, three runs in his last two starts. So it couldn't have been ineffectiveness why you stopped him. Yeah. And when Joe Madden says, well, the game doesn't mean anything to us, then Otani shouldn't have pitched since May because no game has meant anything for the, for the angels in the last you know second half of the season. Mm -hmm. And right. then the, the reason I'm piggybacking off to the, to the Padres is no reason you Darvish shouldn't have started that game against the giants game 162 instead of some rando that they put in there to give the giants the win. I don't know if the Padres hate the Dodgers more than the giants or something to guarantee. Well, no, the like Darvish hasn't been healthy. No, but yeah. he had, but the last couple of times he's pitched, he hasn't been as terrible as he's been all season, oh, really? but they still shouldn't have put a rando in their game. 162. Yeah. Like if the giants, I know they, they win any other division with all their games, but if they mm -hmm. wanted to win the NOS, they should have had to deserve it and not have it be handed to them. The same as the nationals pitching a kid in his major league debut against the Red Sox. Like, Hey, that, that almost stuff, worked. I, I know, but like that stuff ticks me off that these yeah. teams, it's the most important game the nationals play, but also, like, like for the Nationals, who else? Who else could have started? Right. Yeah. No. I, no. I get nobody. it. But clearly, the intention That's the, was to not win that game. That was to get that kid experience. And what happens happens. You're gonna yeah. drag Steven Steven Strasburg to the back. <laughs> yeah. You're like Steven, you got to pitch. <laughs> you Listen. Gotta, quick question: How did it work out for the Mariners anyway? When the Angels were giving the game to them anyway? I, I know it was over before they yeah. even batted. Right. Yeah. yeah. But right, that's looking back in hindsight. You say, "Oh well, it's okay because they lost anyway." It's like, yeah, but I'm yeah. with you. I would. I wanted it on Sunday morning. Yeah, that's where the opinion needs to be formed. That, yeah, because that like, was I, wrong. That Otani, for no health reasons, didn't start that game. Yeah. Listen, we'll, a, we'll, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna like. I even tweeted it's like, so to get chaos, we have to rely on the national starting a dude I've never heard of before. Right. Against right. the against the Red Sox. And then also to score off Chris Sale, which they did. They did. Somehow. Can I also, I just want to throw this out there. <laughs> All the ovations that the Nationals got were hysterical to me. Ryan Zimmerman deserves yeah. every every oh, ovation 100%. that he gets. <laughs> they stopped the game for Alex Avila. Like, yeah, what, what, are we, what are we doing here? What are we doing? Was Alex Avila part of the 2019 World Series team? No. Played 34 games for the Nationals. It's almost as despicable as when Bobby Abreu got a standing ovation at City Field at the end of 2014 <laughs> for his illustrious career with the Yankees and Phillies. Yeah. <laughs> but got a curtain call before ending the season. <laughs> oh, it was just so dumb. But that that's just me um, nitpicking over there. Okay. Um, Hold on, Perez. Let me go yes. back to the Dodger game. Yes. Well, that's that's who I was going to wrap up on. Yeah. Okay, cool. So – 
this, I guess this is my hot take, but I've felt for the last couple of weeks or so, once the Dodgers and Cardinals were kind of set that it would be these teams, my hot, my opinion is that I think whoever wins the NL wild card is winning it all. I feel like right now, I've thought the Dodgers have been great all season long, and I really try, I love their starting pitching, um, you know, to potentially win it all. But the Cardinals are also the hottest team, and I have watched a lot of Cardinals games throughout the season, but especially in September. And it's not just the Goldschmidt and Arenado machine out there. No, Ty- Tyler O'Neill is like a budding superstar. Mm-hmm. Harrison Bader is one of the best defensive players in the league, and he's hitting home runs right now. Dylan Carlson can play like four different positions. Like they, the Cardinals are like statistically one of the best defensive run save teams ever in <laughs> in a season. Uh, and then they're pitching with Jack Flaherty back. You can probably give you two innings in this wild card game. Uh, and then Dakota Hudson has been really good. For, for them, he just came back off of missing all of the season. So, like, those bullpen arms you can use as, like, relief aces where they can't use Andrew Miller, but, like, what Andrew Miller was, uh, not what he is now. Like, I, I Wainwright has been really great for them all season, and the John Lester, Jay Happ, like, if they can get into a five-game series and a seven-game series, I think I would give them the advantage over any of the other National League teams. So, like, I strongly feel, and I could totally be wrong as of tomorrow, but I feel like if the Cardinals make it past the Dodgers, that's their toughest opponent is the, their toughest opponent is the one game playoff. Like not any of the actual opponents they're going to be facing. No, so I think Dodgers the Giants are Cardinals. Are, I, I don't the trust Giants the Giants. Are, I don't trust really. the Giants as far as I could, could throw them. So, All right. So are you picking the Cardinals tomorrow? No, so uh, I'm, no I'm picking the Dodgers, but what I'm saying is He's saying whoever wins that right, regardless of outcome. It all. Yeah. All right, right, so you're picking the Dodgers in the World Series this year. Got it. Okay, Ted, your prediction. Or actually, already, let me go because I know you got you're gonna I already, pick against them. Anyway. I already, I already gave it. We already know Matt Carpenter's hitting the solo home run. All right, yeah. Matt Holiday will be giving them high fives. Albert Pujols yeah. is gonna switch jerseys. Maybe yes, exactly, yeah. exactly, and, and hit a home run against the Dodgers. Yeah. Oh my goodness, no, that'd be great. Uh, I'm picking the Dodgers to to beat the Cardinals. Close game. Uh, four one, L A. Uh, Kenley Jansen, Bing Bang Boom. I don't know if he's had a good year this year. So yeah, you don't know if what judge I was going to say, because last year, remember Julio Reyes closed out the world series instead of Jansen. Like I was like, do you think they're going to go to Jansen in the ninth? But I know he's been good, but like, he's been good. Is Dave Roberts is, is is the binder going to let him like, does he have, Oh, I think I'd like the fact that like Jansen hasn't looked as shaky as he had last year. He feels more confident going in. Okay. Like, like it's not a like. I feel like a lot of the time his bullpen stuff is more confidence than anything right. else. Also, I would not be surprised if Arias comes in to set oh, up yeah. Jansen. Oh like, yeah, that exactly. Yeah, like what, like, or like. I mean, you could go to you know. I was gonna make a joke, but I'm not gonna say it for the sake of the brand on your podcast press. Thank but like, you. Try like Trinan can easily come in and get like an inning in the eighth, and or like an inning in a third, like seven and eight. You know, right. All right, uh, we'll comb through the rest of the uh, the playoffs to do predictions. Uh, Judge, I know you're really excited, uh, so give me your prediction. So you already picked the Dodgers to win the World Series, but how do the other series look for you? And uh, let's start from there. So I've got it pulled up on here because I went on MLB and you know filled out a thing. Hopefully, I get some company man. Yeah, company man, man right there. Hopefully, I win. Yeah, and they said how many runs are going to be scored 
or how many home runs are going to be hit in the postseason? I said 69. Cause I, I, yeah, I don't know nice. how many home runs are going to be hit. Uh, nice. So I guess I'm more interested in the home run count than the world series. <laughs> but uh, so obviously I would have the, the Red Sox with the Rays. And I think the Rays are going to win that series uh, pretty, pretty equally or equal. I'm an idiot. Uh, easily is what I meant mm-hmm. to say. Sorry. Uh, I think the Rays are, probably the best they are probably the best team in the american league although i think later on you'll see i i disagree with myself there but that should be an easy win for the rays because the red sox bullpen is atrocious and the rays will just call some 23 year old you never heard of in the eighth inning and he's gonna get a big hit off of adam Adovino. uh the other series is the white Sox and astros i feel like uh, this is a series that like, nobody is talking about because maybe because Tony Russa and Dusty Baker might be like the oldest manager matchup ever. It feels well, it's, like, it's, it's it feels because like... we have Yankees Red Sox in the wild card game. Right. You'll right. get you'll get the hit pieces after the um right. I don't after the I don't think game. I that don't series think the White Sox series. are as good as uh as they've you know been hyped up all season. It's like the White Sox and Padres were the two teams that were hyped up in spring training, but the White Sox actually followed through on winning the division. Yeah. But that's a pretty awful division that they're in. I know the Tigers kind of turned it around in the second mm-hmm. half, but besides that, in I think everyone else was under 500 in the NL or AL Central. Um, Astros are going to win that series, in my opinion. Their their pitching and their hitting is just disgusting. We don't talk about the Astros because we hate them. Because anytime you mention them, you're going to have a bunch of orange Twitter profile <laughs> pictures just attack you for it. But the Astros are like disgustingly good and situationally good. Uh, Yuli Gurriel won the batting title and Michael Brantley was close. So that's two of their, their <laughs> players there. They're, they're a problem. Uh, so that I have Astros over White Sox. Quickly in the other to get you guys in on your side. Nationally, I have Dodgers over Giants. Uh, I don't trust the Giants. I know they have 107 wins. I know they're everyone's gonna go crazy on me for for not trusting them. Um, but they're the they have had the most pinch hit or successful pinch hits in the league, which just shows that like they're a full 25 or 26 man team that everybody is producing. They have a whole bunch of guys that are producing above their pay grade. And at some point I feel like it has to fall off. <laughs> Maybe it's, it won't. It's the it's the Giants, it won't. Right. So that's just my feeling is that all of these players who are playing above their pay grade can't continue to con- keep playing above their pay grade and at one, t- one point return to average. So Dodgers over Giants. And then the series that I think no one besides Brewers and Braves fans even cares about because like Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers. Well, because Giants. they shouldn't. Like there right. should be yeah. nobody outside of Braves, those fan bases Brewers, I, I'm happy for the Braves. They turned the season around. They traded for three outfielders, but oh, I don't – I don't see how they can match up with the Brewers pitching. Their Brewers pitching, they have like three elite starters and a really strong bullpen, except for the what Devin Williams who broke his yeah. hand celebrating the, the clinching the division. So that's unfortunate. Uh, so I would say Brewers over Braves. ALCS is Astros and Rays. I think that's what we had last year. That was game seven. I don't think this would be seven games. I think the Astros would beat the Rays, just, just batter them. Because all you need is one of your eight relievers on the Rays to have a bad inning against that offense and lose that game. So I'm say Astros over Rays, Dodgers over Brewers. One because I think the Dodgers are better, but two, 
the Brewers haven't been to the World Series since they were in the American League. So I think maybe there's some there's some karma there. Oh, you got to go back to the AL if you want to make it to the World Series. Uh, <laughs> I, I just think it's funny. I'm, jo- I'm joking, obviously, yeah. but I, I did not know. I saw that the other day. They haven't been to the World Series since they were in the American <laughs> League. So uh, my prospects for them making it out of the National League are very, very low. Uh, but yeah, Dodgers over Brewers, and then in the in the World Series, I have Dodgers over Astros, so that this way they can actually get beaten head to head, and that's that's what I'm rooting for at least. So all that, and you just pick the two best teams in the league? No, uh, no, he no. <laughs> the Giants the are a better team. The Giants are a better yeah. team, and the the Rays are better than no, the I know, I know, I'm teasing. I'm so teasing. I I picked the number two seed and the number four seed. I know. I hear you. All right, Ted. Run it down. Uh, so I had Yankees over Red Sox, and they're going to go up against the Rays. I think the Rays are going to beat the, the Yankees. I think Rays are beating whoever comes out of that wild card game because, like, I just feel like in terms of just, like, I always, like, like when it comes to playoffs, something I always think about is, like, game planning because that's so much more a valuable skill than, like, any other thing. Like, it becomes more, it like, important as the playoffs hit because it's, you are so hyper focused on, you know, you can focus on the eight relievers in that bullpen, like for an overextended period of time. So you're more aware of what they're going to be trying to do. And just, I think the Rays do that better than a lot of other teams. Uh, I like the White Sox. I just like the White Sox. I don't really care about who's better. I like the White Sox. <laughs> they're a fun team. Eloy Jimenez is, fun- is funny. Remember when they all pretended he died? Uh, well, he did with the t- yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, ALCS. I still think it's going to be the Rays. Look, I'm a Rays fan. By, Raise uh, up, baby. Raise up by by, by marriage, so I have to. Uh, and then uh, the NL. I think the Giants will probably Giants will beat whoever's coming out of that wild card game. I think that their bullpen's just has been so good that it, it won't really matter. Uh. Braves Brewers is probably to me the most interesting series, I think, because I don't super trust that Brewers lineup. And I like that Braves lineup, but what's going to give first pitching or hitting is really what that series is going to come down to. And like, I love those pitches on the Brewers and like, I'm a fan of Max Fried too. And uh, Charlie Morton, but it's like at the end of the day, it's that, that one's just coming down to who can, muster up something before the other team and i just like i feel like the braves will just probably hit better just like they have a better shot i feel like i just feel like they have a better shot of running into one because i just feel like like luis urias has been very good but i don't think he's that good i think he might get exposed willie adamas might get exposed and then also they have jocktober so like braves braves uh and then, like I just the Giants I like I've watched a lot of Giants games I there's a reason why they're very good and it's just everyone's just pumping it's it's a classic some of the like whole parts and that like there's like three dudes doing it it's like everyone is doing it which come playoffs that's all that matters like all you need is like three dudes to do a thing it doesn't really matter if they're superstar or not if it's three dudes that pull through that that's all it can take like remember Logan Forsythe Everyone fucking hated him on the 2017 Dodgers. He was like the only dude hitting on that team right. in the playoffs. So it's like, 
I can easily see the Giants just mustering up everything. And as much as I like, I don't really hate the Giants, but so like I can like, I think it might just go seven games, Giants raise and raise push it out. Just because like they have more traditional starters that can go a little bit deeper. Like Shane Bass can go six. Glass now is gonna go four, three or four because he's coming back from a big game. Right? He's he's pitching. He has pitched. Will he be back game? in the World Series? Because he's out. He's been yeah, out. he's been oh, out for a I while. Thought he, yeah. I, oh, I thought he for some reason I thought I saw no, some... didn't he? He tore his UCL after yeah. uh I thought I thought after they uh, be... came out with the sticky stuff scandal. Yeah. Well they I had thought Yarbrough he... and McCartney. Yeah, they, they, they actually have they have starters. They have starters, whereas like last year they had Snell and Morton and Glass now, but like Glass now got would go four innings or something. I don't know. Maybe so, it's just me. Every time I see a Yarborough reel, like I just oh, I don't see asleep? anything. <laughs> well, I, yeah. Maybe it's just my computer or something. I need to Yeah. Yeah, you see where I get the chip <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I think your computer goes to sleep. Yeah, That's pretty much. I think yeah. it just goes black for twelve seconds. Right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But it's like I just feel like this year's raise is probably better than last year's. Just yeah. p- purely on pitching, like it sucks they lost. Like you know, Kevin Cash lost his favorite bullpen guy for the year, but I still think doesn't matter. They'll come out with some dude never heard of. They'll pump ninety nine at the letters, and uh, they'll they'll be the day. So I think Rays over uh, Giants. But I think that'll actually be an interesting uh, World Series to watch. Perez, okay. do you want to hear a fun fact about the Rays? Yes, please. So I look at MLB Pipeline tweeted today uh, how they were built, where they show mm-hmm. off the 10 postseason teams and who was a free agent. Oh, I was, was looking drafted. at that. I, I w- the Rays have oh, 26 players. 19 of the 26 players on the Rays were acquired via trade. Via trade. Yeah. Only five players are homegrown two free agents. So we always talk about these, you know, homegrown, homegrown talent, really. the Rays and their minor league system, but 19, 26 players are, are not their cause, players. Cause think about right. it this way. Those players were gotten when they were undervalued. Like, right. Yeah. They, yeah. yeah. Or like, they were like, they were like just guys in farm systems. Right. But yeah. I'm saying, I think it's interesting because the Rays organization at every level, single A, double A, triple A made the playoffs this year. Yeah. So the, like the, 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 the two different ways of look how good their farm system is. Every single level is a playoff team. That's how good they are. But mm-hmm. also they're, this is the best season they've ever had by not their own players. Cause they keep trading their players away yeah, for right. other undervalued players. Um, What's the team with the most homegrown homegrown is the Cardinals at 14. That makes sense. 14 that makes sense. Yeah. That tracks. All right, and uh, for the White Sox have to be like number two, right? And the yeah. Dodgers, no, actually, so Dodgers and Astros yeah. eleven are tied with the second most. Um, so, like, I saw people in the tweets reply, like, "Oh, everyone says the Dodgers bought their championship." Yeah, hey, that's second, this not happens, true at all. This happens every draft, year that tweet comes out, and I always make the joke. I retweet that picture, that graph, going, "Please root for the underdog, homegrown Dodgers," and do it every <laughs> single year because yeah. if I, for some reason, this is the joke we continue to do. Yep, so it's Cardinals, Dodgers, and Astros, and then White Sox have the most homegrown players. Okay. This doesn't right, make gotcha. sense to me, though. All right. Because I Let- knew Dodgers had to be top two or three, I guess, yeah. in a sense. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, all right, let me run through my picks real quick. Uh, Red Sox over the Yankees, Dodgers over the Cardinals. I think the Dodgers are going to beat the Giants. 
I like the Brewers over the Braves only for the simple fact that the Braves do not have a bullpen. And if it's going to come down to a pitching series, like it would not surprise me if that series goes five games and it's like three, two, every game, that would not surprise mm-hmm. me at all. Um, Brewers have a little bit of a track record. Braves still probably have the stink of blowing a three, one lead, a three, one lead in the LCS last year mean, to the Dodgers. It's what you do in Atlanta. Calling blowing right. it feels uh, disingenuous. I feel like a, a gift they gave the gift of happiness to me. Yeah, that's how I see that's it. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. So there's that. Um, okay. And then in the uh, ALDS, uh, I'm picking the Rays over the Red Sox. I'm going with the White Sox over the Astros, and that leads to a very fun ALCS between the White Sox and Rays. And here's my hot take: It's going to be scorching hot. Tony Larusa. By the time it's all said and done, when he's in the grave, we'll have forgotten more baseball than Kevin Cash will ever know. Okay. (laughs) What a ball. Let me tell you something. Okay. There has been no more fun story and fun team to watch this year than the Chicago White Sox because it's been, because it's been Tony La Russa versus the players versus Tony La Russa. And like, you remember (laughs) that scene in major league where they had to, they had to rip off a piece of the dress to yeah. get to the championship. Yeah. That's that's what the White Sox have in their locker room, but it's a picture of Tony LaRusso's face. <laughs> because I can tell that they can't stand him, but the guy just keeps on winning and winning and winning. And what a uh, baller Steve move Anderson to go. said on. we love him, okay? No players ever lied in an interview, so. Right, yeah. Yeah, please. Yeah, and politicians too. Yeah, okay. Anyway, listen, Tim Anderson's a great ambassador to the game. He could play for my team any day of the week. I, he's one of the best shortstops in baseball. Love the guy. Um, but, <laughs> but what a baller move if LaRusso were to retire with the Cardinals on top, then come back 10 years later and lead <laughs> the White Sox to the World Series, a team that he got fired from many, many moons ago. So that'd be pretty cool. Um, I just think I, I, I love Jose Abreu. Now, Jose Abreu might be 45 years old, but he <laughs> is this. You know. He is this generation's, and he's better. He's this generation's Mike Lowell. So underrated, even though he won an MVP. He hits 30 and 100 every year. He makes about $3 million a year, which is insane to me that the White Sox were the only team that offered him, what, nine years, $36 million? Like how, it, it, it killed me that the Mets did not even offer like $40 million for a guy who hits the ball 700 feet every time he's up at the plate. Did, like this offseason? No, when he first... Came to the came U.S. The uh, international yeah. signing. I wanted like, to be sure when. Yeah, it was a such a ridiculous deal where it's like, no, no, we'd rather keep Ike Davis and Lucas Duda than like yeah. get a legitimate hitter uh, to play first base. So there's that. Um, in the NLCS, I'm going with the Dodgers over the Brewers, and then I'm going with the White Sox over the Dodgers in the World Series. I just love the end of the White Sox bullpen, and yeah. like having Kopech there. Kopech is like a Phil Hughes and Jabba Chamberlain in 09, where I think he's going to be a way more effective reliever than he is a starter for the White Sox. He's got so much upside. But, you know, you've got Dylan Cease. You've got Lance Lynn, Rodon. It's it's a good packed team. The lineup is very good. But their toughest opponent is going to be the Astros in the first round. I think it's actually, Judge, similar to you, where I think the winner of the White Sox uh, Astros will win the World Series as opposed to – your wild card scenario. But listen, Tony LaRusso, I love to joke that he's the smartest man in the room. 
because he invented baseball and he did, but this dude actually wins. And when he's in the world series, he pulls all the right levers. Unlike Joe Madden, who did everything that he could to try to lose the world series. Tony La Russa actually tries to win these games and he wins more times than not. And he gets very, he gets the last ounce of talent out of every one of these players. And by the way, this white Sox lineup is insanely good. So that's where I'm going with. I've loved the white Sox since day one. Um, The division's horrible. Like it is, it is just just a horrible division, but I still think that they're a good team. Um, And I think they're better than those Indian teams um, that would, you know, win in in, in years past. So that's my whole diatribe on the White Sox, but I'm picking them over the uh, Dodgers. Yes, I just want to say the White Sox were one in five against the Yankees this year. Their only win was a walk-off in a cornfield and the Yankees are (laughs) bad. So that's my... By the transit of property, they can't win the World Series. (laughs) Ted understands. Well, just, I mean, I'm just saying, like, the White Sox are the only team in Major League history to win a game in Iowa. That's true. <laughs> the Yankees have never about, done that. Yeah, think about that. Yeah. yeah. Astros Makes never think, done that. Right. Astros never did that. Rays never did that. So, makes you think, Judge. Makes you think. <laughs> makes you think. I say we transplant the cornfield to every other state. Get rid of Iowa. We need a game in Arkansas. We need a game in Montana. We need it everywhere. But keep the corn. Well, listen, when the Rays eventually move out of Florida. Can't wait. Yeah. Oh, man, that's going to be a great deal. Uh, Montreal to uh, Montreal Rays. What a stupid. Uh, what a Rays dumb. Expos. I don't even, they're not going to call themselves the Expos when they're in Montreal. Right? All right. Let's no, let's do two. Rays. Let's do two minutes on this. So what's the next best market? So I'm thinking of two places that you could put the Rays that I think would help. One would be Vegas. You yeah. just put them in an indoor stadium, but that's a good market. And then there's Nashville, which could 100%. be another. Nashville's South. has always been one of the right. like key places people like that and like for some reason i feel like san jose is another place that gets put up as like this should would be a good spot but like no one wants another team in california right i'm a big fan of montreal and vancouver those would be my two so like if i if i was bobby manfred and they said we would need to move i would say either montreal or vancouver and then i also agree i think nashville yeah. It might be tough playing in August in Nashville. Like you'd have, right. you'd definitely have to have a dome. Uh, but I think Nashville is a great city and that would be a great spot for a team. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be great to just have another team in the South too. I right. mean, I don't consider Florida the South um, even though it, it is, but I would not go to Montreal again. You tried it. I think having the Expos back or the Montreal Rays there, okay, you sell out, what, the first three months of the season? Like, eventually, they're going to be bottoms in in, in attendance. And it's a shame because the Rays put a good product on the field every year, and their fans just don't show up, and I don't know why that is. It probably has to do with the location and whatever. because they're in St. Pete. But still... Still, I, I mean, just like, I don't think, just I don't like think it's the only reason. I feel like people... if you move that stadium to Tampa, like, maybe, maybe you get a bump to, like, half capacity right all the time, but people you know? still don't go to marlin's games and it's in miami yeah. right so. no, but like from what i know like isn't that stadium like in an actual like annoying place to get to well, it's like, like a yeah. six mile bridge to get there yeah yeah i i definitely think it's a factor i don't think it's the way that like race fans defend it's the only reason that they don't go is i think disingenuous there's a lot of stuff to do in florida there's a lot of old people i have hey right. i like, have it on good authority from someone from Tampa who says it's really or from St. Pete he lived born and raised in St. Pete who said yeah it's annoying that like it's here and not in Tampa it I told I that's what I'm saying I totally agree that it's a right. factor I don't think it's the factor that they have 
no attendance. I think well, there's a lot of the same way in Miami. There's a lot of things to do in Florida yeah. and a lot of transplants. So and people don't really there's a have lot of, a lot of things to do in Los Angeles, and there's a lot of transplants in Los well, Angeles. Well, okay, but but here's okay. the thing too. But but it, hold on. Also, hold on, it hold takes on. me two hours to get to Yankee Stadium, and I live 20 miles away. So I don't care that it's annoying to get to St. Petersburg. There's still people that go to Yankee Stadium. There's there's more people in uh, Florida than there are in New York. So like, well, right, but also Dodger Stadium and Yankee Stadium are leaps and bounds better than mm-hmm. the you sure. know, the Trump. Like it's, I, like I said, like it's a factor. It's right. not the yeah. factor. No, it's 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 six miles on a bridge to get there. It's an awful stadium, and they don't have star play. Like they don't. How can I say this? They have star players, but they don't. Like the Rays will never drop ten years, three hundred forty million dollars. They'll never do that. Like they'll never do that. Right? Yeah. They traded them like three years into it. And fans respect you building from the bottom, but at the end of the day, you still need stars to sell, and to get fans in the seats. Mm-hmm. what i just find funny happening. is like because so the same way of raise fans and playing oh it's the uh it's the travel whatever it's a dump the like the same way is how montreal people who want the team who want a team back they say no well the difference is like we would show up the same with supersonics fans like though we would show up if the ownership invested in the team they spent money it's like so you're gonna take the rays who yeah. don't spend money and right. put them in Montreal and say, well, we would show up for games in Montreal if the owners just spent money. It's like, you're choosing literally the worst possible scenario for this to work out then. One side They're note. I, going I to spend money in Canada. Right. No, you're right. Uh, the one side note, I think, I think the NBA is going to closely watch how the Kraken do this year in Seattle. And maybe, mm-hmm. maybe that's a place where they, because I do think that the Supersonics go back like Seattle fans will actually rally behind them and actually go to games. Yeah. You know, um, and I don't think there's another fan base that's like that. This weekend was the first sellout in uh, for the Mariners since the mid two thousands. Yep. So if you look at the Mariners since 2001, they've been awful. Yeah. Like they've, you can't even show just, up opening day. Right. I know I'm with you. So I have no sympathy for the Seattle fans. And it's like, you, you don't show up. Like, what do you, what do you think the Mariners are going to do? You know what it is? It's a football town. <laughs> like I think it really is like, it's really become a football town and I don't well, know. That's what you're winning right. does. Like, that's just you're what right. winning does. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like you, I don't know. And the Mariners were good all year anyway. So they should have shown up to more games, but I'm with you. Like at least they showed up for the late search um, yeah. and shout out to Dave Sims. That was actually a pretty cool, uh, yeah. pretty cool video that circulated around. Yeah. He's, re- he's really good. All right. Let's get to the, um, let's get to the awards this year. We'll start with the, um, I think this is just the easiest one or I'll oh, start off with for, it. Don't ask for rookie of the year. I'm not doing I, rookie of the year. No, just the MVPs and the Cy Youngs. Can't even name a rookie. So I wanted to. Ted, for a dollar, name a rookie. Uh, Shane McCallahan, the dude pitcher <laughs> from the Rays. There you go. McClanahan. Whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> and your comeback player. Oh, Shane, hey, Shane Bass. And Shane Baz. Shane yeah. Bass. Randy Rosarena. He's also a rookie. He's a rookie. He he only played like five games before the playoffs oh, really? last year. <laughs> but you know what? You know what's funny? I I was working at Network in 2019 when a Rosarini got called up by the Cardinals, and the first game that he got called up, he hit a home run, threw a dude out at the plate, and stole second base. And the Cardinals were like, no, nah, we don't need this guy. Nah, we send, this, send this guy <laughs> to Tampa. <laughs> we, we don't need this guy. They I won't mean, effectively <laughs> use him. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, yeah, Rosa Rainey has been in the league for like seven years and he's still a rookie, which is amazing. 
Gotta Man, love Lomar that time. Go is 26. That's, that's crazy. insane <laughs> to me. I feel like he's at least 30. I know. Yeah. At least like Urias came up when he was 14. So yeah. it's like when you say he's 26, I get it. Yeah. Um, all right. I'm going with, we'll, we'll do the MVPs first. We'll start with the AL MVP. This is where I said before we started recording that you're just going to call me a hypocrite here. My AL MVP, it's simple. It's Shohei Otani. But unfortunately, it, it's very funny because I want to pick him as the Cy Young Award winner too. Uh, but I just can't this. do that. I, think- I can't. I'll go through this webcam right now if you pick him as Cy Young. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going there. I'll, I'll do Cy Young afterwards. But, um, yeah, this whole year we were encapsulated with what Shohei Otani yeah. was doing every single night, checking the box score, watching him. The dude hit a home run, what, like every other day? And he broke the record for most home runs hit by a Japanese-born player. Like, like what was it? Matsui was like 35 in a full season, and he did yep. that in July, <laughs> like, like it was cuckoo nanners, a uh, big disappointment in the home run derby. Um, I wish, uh, there was a lot of pressure on him to do that, but he looked he, cooked though. He did. He did. Yeah. And you have, you have to remember too. He's a young guy who, yeah. by the way, is making no money. It's like four no money at all. Right? Yeah. It is insane because like he wanted to come to the majors early. So yeah, like he just took the, the league minimum and he said, and, and he's a good sport. He said, um, I'm open to ha- serving a, uh, to taking a, a long-term extension with the angels. I know you, you have to say be. that show. I show. Hey, but there's a better blink, team that plays twi- about like 10 miles, you know, North blink twice. If you're being held hostage. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm going with Otani for my MVP. Yeah. Uh, we'll go with AL MVP first. Uh, go with you, Ted. Yeah. I mean, like, it seems like such a no brainer for so many reasons. Like we talk about, Oh, he's pitching really good and also hitting really good. But like, when you think of value in like the boring, stupid analytical brain way that's been brought up a couple times, Shohei Otani's literally saving you a roster spot because right. he's because of what he can provide. And that's like, look, love Vladdy Jr. Probably the only reason I phoned it into the fantasy playoffs in my team because he's the one dude hitting on my stinker of a team because I'd stop paying attention. But like, Shohei Itani's like hilariously athletic for so does so many things so well it's insane. He has stolen bases. Twenty five, right? He doesn't. He doesn't have to run that much. <laughs> you need your legs to pitch, guy. You don't right. need to do that. Like it's just like it's so impressive what he's done. Like it's insane to me. This is even a debate. I watched I a, a dude do a full season of something I've literally have never seen before at like a level that I don't know how close it'll be matched. <laughs> I was watching uh, MLB tonight last week and Pedro Martinez was on and he was, I figured it was with Am Singer or whoever was the host. And he was like, the AL MVP isn't over yet. And like everyone was just like looking at it like he was crazy. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. Like, the season's not over. You don't know what's gonna happen the last week to to maybe have somebody catapult over Otani. It's like unless Vlad hits 16 home runs in the next six yeah. games, yeah. I don't think he's gonna beat Otani in the MVP pager. I'm sorry. Look, hey, if Vladdy came out pitched three no-hitters, yeah, it'll be a debate. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's what I thank you for that transition because that's my question. As I also say, Otani is going to win MVP yeah. as he as he should because the argument. If you remember, let's go. Let's flash back to 2018 when 
um, when Otani was a rookie and he won rookie of the year. And in second yeah. place was Yankees third baseman outfielder slash can't play defense for his life. Miguel Andujar. Who should have won rookie of the year that year. Statistically yeah, had the greatest rookie Yankee season of all time. He was better than Joe DiMaggio as a rookie. Should have won, but that's the anti and Mickey Mantle bias or whatever. Well, yeah, because before Joe DiMaggio had the best rookie season, so that's why I'm saying he had yeah, a and better. Babe Ruth? Well, no, Babe Ruth wasn't a rookie on the Yankees. Yeah. I'm well, saying, what about Lou Gehrig? <laughs> uh, yes, he had a better season than Lou Gehrig as a rookie. And so, Derek Cheater, the reason well, he also won rookie of the year, well, Jorge Posada. Uh, <laughs> the reason Otani won because the argument was even though Andujar played the entire season, he played like 160 yeah. games and was the best rookie season ever for a Yankee. Again, I state they, and Otani only played like 85 games that year because he was hurt. They say, Oh, well, did Andujar pitch 10 games? It's like, well, Otani didn't <laughs> pitch a game after mid yeah. May. Right. So why is that relevant? So I just want to state for the record, because yes, of course, Andujar did not pitch 10 games. Therefore, yeah. Otani and his 80 games beat Andujar and his 160 games where he was phenomenal in rookie of the year. So the same way where Ted just said, unless Vladdy throws three complete games, he's not. I think this year we give it to Otani. He clearly deserved it. He's the most yeah. valuable player. But next year, you can't say, oh, well, Judge didn't pitch 100 innings. Or, oh, well, Jose Abreu didn't have 150 strikeouts. Right. It's over. That argument, we're done with because it's not yeah. fair. That, well, we, do we agree? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, oh, yeah, because yeah, it's just like. The reason you know I'm saying that's what people are going to do. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, Vladdy didn't pitch 100 innings. It's like, because that's not his job, but that doesn't mean he's not valuable. Yeah. It's just, but like, it's just what, however your definition is. Like, Otani's, like, look, Angels fucking suck. They're a <laughs> terrible, like, god awful. The only reason they are remotely watchable is right. the off chance you can see Shohei Otani be fucking cool. Because if that's the precedent, then he should by he default should, be MVP he should by default win every time. Years. And yeah, that's right, not, and, and that's, that's not fair to the league. Yeah. And that's what that is what, and we saw this happen in the NBA. It's easy to give LeBron the MVP every single year, but you're yeah. giving it to Russell Westbrook and James Harden because you have to diversify it. Yeah. I think Otani now you have to treat you have to put him on a pedestal and say, okay, he has, he's look, a pitcher. He, he, he's if a he hitter. does. If he ever at any point does better than this season, like it's 50 home runs, right. pitches like more often, like sure. then, yeah, my my brain goes, he was better than when he was won the end. Sure. But if yeah. he pitches but, 75 innings next year. Yeah, like, exactly. It's but you like, also have to add the caveat now. And I know that we don't do this with players all the time, but I think Otani is a special exception. If the Angels are going to continuously be under 500, you know, I think you have to take that away from Otani mm -hmm. as well. Because and now he was taken away from Trout yet. Yes, but more more so Otani because he is pitching and because he is hitting, he is having more of an effect on the Angels' success. Yeah. Than than Mike Trout is. Well, or any I don't know when the I, whenever they trot out whoever comes out after Otani after he goes you know six strong, giving up a run and like <laughs> you know the game's tied and then his bullpen kind of just shits the bed. Right. Like that's not his fault. Like it's just like, like. The, the value comes from the fact that he's the reason they're even in a game they shouldn't be in in the first place because right like that team right. sucks the same argument with trout when he won exactly all yeah MVPs exactly he's on losing teams yeah right well but also trout was hilariously good oh yeah no, <laughs> like trout, he was still, no, he not, was i know i know but like i just want to like to clarify just, he was still statistically 
the yeah, best play. But it was the same argument. It's like, well, without Trout, they would have lost seven to three instead of seven to five. Like yeah. that's the that's the argument. I just like I feel like just going based on like record is like such a silly thing for value. Like, cause like I but also like for like I always hate MVP in baseball because like what like I know you what can defines be like, it. Yeah, you can be like, yeah, Mike Trout's fucking sick brother. He's so fucking sick, nasty, bro. Best player you'll ever see in your lifetime. And you can go to Ed, like throw a dart, go it on a calendar, go to a game and he'll go over. Oh, he'll go one for four because isn't like him going over like super like statistically unlikely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Isn't that like an anomaly for him? So mm-hmm. like, let's just say like one for six, like for whatever reason, he gets six at bats. He goes one for six and you're like, oh, he really, this guy's supposed to be like the guy. Whereas, like, you can be like, yeah, LeBron James is super sick. And then you watch, you go, yeah, this guy is fucking a freak of nature. Right. It's just, like, value in baseball so weirdly defined. It is. As opposed to, like, other sports. But I wanted to start with the AL MVP because I think it's just a unanimous. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm, like, it's just a slam dunk. Um, Do you want to do NL MVP or you want to stick in the American League with Cy Young? Let's go Cy Young. Okay. Because I right. got some um, things to say about Robbie Ray. Ooh. All right. Well, he's going to be my pick. Um, and for the simple reason of I just love when these obscure guys just come out of nowhere. Yeah. Like R.A. Dickey winning this <laughs> yeah. is amazing to me. Um, yeah, if, if R.A. Dickey's probably the worst pitcher to ever win the Cy Young, Robbie Ray <laughs> might also be up there as well, even though he's, what, got the most – what was that he, one stat he's got the – I don't know. He's got something. He's got like the most, I like think, quality starts in Major League history or something like that. I, I forgot exactly. In what Major was. League history, like it was something. Yeah, it was more something, than Walter Johnson. Or it was like well, yeah, Plus or something like that. Scherzer. Right. Yeah. No, but listen, listen. I'll be, I'll be short and curt with this. Led the league in ERA, quality starts, strikeouts. I know wins don't mean anything. Garrett Cole led the, led the league with sixteen. Chris Flexen had fourteen. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> but you know, fifth in wins, took the took the Blue Jays to the brink on the precipice of making the playoffs. And maybe this is just me. You got to give, I want to give a little shout out to the blue Jays who basically had to play in Buffalo this entire year. And we're playing road games for what a year and a half now Mm -hmm. before eventually going home. I can't imagine how tough that is. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm going with Robbie Ray, but Ted, let's hear your uh, your thesis on him. I've watched Robbie Ray pitch for like three seasons. Cause like I did like 2017, I did a lot of Dodger games and like, Dodgers face the Diamondbacks a lot. Right. And like I watch Robbie Ray pitch now and I go, this is the same guy. But for whatever reason, the batters are stupider <laughs> because all <laughs> you have to do against Robbie Ray is not swing the bat because more often than not, he will miss the zone. And like I, you know, I was so confused about like, how this dude could have been, he's not pitching any better than he ha- ever had before. And like McLeod, a friend of the show, Rich McLeod and I were talking, like we're talking about this. He, Rich was just like, the only difference is he's not walking people more. And I looked it up and the batters are stupider against them. Cause he, he's seen an uptick of like 5% of swings out of the zone which I don't know how much of a sta- in standard deviation terms, how much of that is a significant volume. But the fact that like 5% of the swings are coming from outside, like 35% of swings are coming from outside the zone is too much for a dude. I know for a fact has trouble finding the zone. 
Do you think batters are distracted by his tight by his, pants? They can see his bulge, and they're just like, oh, and man, that's look. why they're swinging out. They're, they're, they're just like, damn, I can see a division sign right down the uh, barrel <laughs> when I'm at bat. Pretty much, yeah. And they just get yeah. intimidated and walk yeah. off. Same thing for Walker Bueller. Yeah, those guys know yeah. what they're doing. They're not. But it's dummies. like, like Walker Bueller can get like he finds the zone. There's, oh like, yeah, of course. There's like, a, like, a, I, so it's like. Should he win? Win? Yeah, that's mainly because literally I don't know and nobody I, else. Yeah. I don't know who right. else. I don't know who else should get it. Okay, I'm so with you. Yeah, let me make the argument for who's going to get second in the Cy Young and Garrett Cole. Who I don't. I'm not being a homer. I don't think Cole should get it. Like if I had a vote, I would also. I vote think he gets second. Robbie but like, Ray. I yeah, I'm with you. Else, I don't know who else in that league. But so. Well, I just have some interesting points on Cy Young and because we're also going to have this conversation in the NL side. It's funny that MVP, there's so much narrative about how well a player does on, and if their team is doing well and how much they impacted winning and things, but there's essentially no intangible values presented in Cy Young. You know, when, when DeGrom wins and Felix Hernandez is, Cy Young is very clearly statistically based yeah. most of the time there's obviously outliers. You know, Kate Upton would be upset if I didn't have a caveat there. National that- baseball writer Kate Upton, which, <laughs> by the way, Judge, you're, you're, you're right because a lot of times pitchers actually get rewarded for being on bad teams. Yeah. Right. Yes. So that's so we'll talk about that with Zach Wheeler when I defend him later on. That's a tease for okay. later. So um, with Garrett Cole, I'm saying in the the flip way. I firmly believe because the narrative has been since let's say end of August, early September, the Scion race is over. Robbie Ray has already won it. And there's nothing Garrett Cole can do to, to take it from Robbie Ray. I think if Garrett Cole were pitching for the Kansas city Royals, people would not have said that. I think they would have waited till the last week of the season to say it's either role Robbie Ray or Garrett Cole. If he was on the Mariners, he's on the Texas Rangers, but the fact that he was on the Yankees and the Yankees are giving him good run support and the anti-Yankee bias. We already talked about good good run support. Yeah. (laughs) Occasional run support. Uh, the bias we talked about with Miguel and Duhar and also remember the bias against judge in 2017, where we all look back now and say, judge probably should have won MVP, even, mm-hmm. even without the trash can part of it, like just looking at the stats, yeah. judge probably should have won. So like we have judge and Duhar and now Cole, where again, I think Robbie Ray should win it. He's got other sets. He has 12 more innings. He has more strikeouts. He has uh, an ERA plus of 154 compared to Cole's 133. Like he should get it, but like it should be closer than everyone's making it out to be. Like it, like how AL is Otani versus the world. Like I don't think the AL Cy Young should be rave and everyone else is a distant second. No, it's I don't think it's a distant second. That, but that's how it's like been, yeah. the narrative yeah, has been how, yeah. all of September. Oh, it's right. already over. Ray is one no matter what. Because like Cole gets dissed for for playing for the Yankees. Well, and not just, but there's so much, there's so many expectations for Garrett Cole, and you're expecting this guy who is the highest paid player in Major League history to go out there right. and throw seven innings and strike out fifteen, and when he doesn't do that, you know, and, it, it's a the, knock on him. And the Blue Jays have Hunjin Ryu, who's a who was their ace before they got Ray, and they traded for Jose Barrios, who's another ace, and Alec Manoa, the rookie, is looking like he's turning into an ace. So, yeah. like, we don't attribute these MVP factors of like, well, look who else he's pitching with. Of course, right. he's 
well the way we do for MVP, where Garrett Cole has nobody. Like, Montgomery just got shelled for seven runs. Like, Corey Kluber's been out for half the year. Like, Cole was was duct taping that starting rotation together for all the season, but that's never factored into the Cy Young vote. I just find it interesting. I think, you know what? I I usually don't like saying, like, oh – there's an anti New York bias, but I think you're right with the Yankees when it comes to that. And I think the only way that Cole could have won the Cy Young this year is if these old salty writers saw that he won 20 games and had an ERA that was under two and you had or to give it to if him. If he wasn't garbage in September, if he didn't have that too, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. ERA, if right. he had a three ERA in September instead of six, like maybe it'd be closer. But before right. September even rolled around, all the national writers were saying it's already over. Ray won. Yeah. Right. And, and you could tell with those writers, they're just getting ready for football season too. Like they just don't, <laughs> they don't care. All right. National league MVP. Uh, I'm going with, I know you teased it earlier. I'm sticking with the same team judge. I'm going with Bryce Harper um, and what he was able to do this year. Listen, the Phillies didn't make the playoffs. It really upsets me because Joe, uh, Joe Girardi is a dear friend of ours, friend of yeah, the program. He is Joe. If you ever want to come on the pod, you're, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> He told Ted and I we made a good decision when we got Chinese food. Remember, Ted? Yeah. So, and he's a manager. He makes decisions for a living. Right. So it's a credible, you know. Uh, One day he opinion. forgot Jorge Alfaro's name. And I told him, oh, it's Jorge Alfaro. He's like, thank you very much. He's a great guy. He's a, a stand-up dude. guy. He can manage my team any day of the week. We'll say, we'll say thank you if you open the door for him. Yeah. Yes. You know what I liked about Girardi? And I, I don't know if I could say this publicly, but I'll just say it anyway. The man did not need an escort when he was walking between buildings, he carried his own name card, got his own yeah. lunch, said, mm-hmm. hello, looked you in the eye was not, I'm not going to say who, but was very quiet when he would walk into the edit bay, <laughs> did not cause disruptions. <laughs> Stand up guy. You know, and I you're really of, just ripkin into someone. I just can't, can't, can't right. name who, but you're just ripkin into someone. I'm not saying any names, <sighs> but love Joe Girardi. Uh, Listen, Bryce Harper did all that he could to yeah. get the to, to get the Phillies back into the division, and the the worst enemy, the Phillies' worst enemy this year was the Phillies. Just like the Braves' worst enemy and the Mets' worst enemies were themselves. That division was terrible, and no team. It was like rat race, the end of rat race, where nobody knew <laughs> how to actually secure and and win that money, and then they ended up just giving it away, and like you had to have like a little winner or something like that at the end of it. Bryce Harper was amazing this year. He's a five tool player, 35 home runs. He's got the numbers to back it up. Leads the league in OPS. I'm going with Bryce Harper. I love the dude. Um, I, there was a part of me that was thinking Paul Goldschmidt kind of riding the, the Ryan Braun uh, train when he got the Brewers into the playoffs in 2011 and he single-handedly led them there. But I just think what Bryce Harper brings to the team, he just doesn't have that support system. And unfortunately the Phillies have just never had a good bullpen. Um, But the Phillies should have been in the playoffs this year, um, or at least taken a wild. Should have been closer in the wild card standings, but certainly should have been in contention for the division, if not winning the division this year. They did not do it, but that's not because of Bryce Harper. So whoever uh, wants to go next, I'll go. I'll go next. Okay. So I, uh, in I, I found a roundabout way to the same destination as you, Perez, and so I'll say. Uh, you know, I'm big into narratives and following the narratives throughout the season, all the, you know, the TV, like the MLB tonight and MLB now, and like even ESPN, whenever they decide baseball to remember baseball as a sport and they actually talk about it. Uh, 
all the whole season long, they said Tatis was the MVP. Like since April, since May, since June, that the also it's already decided. The same way Robbie Ray was already decided, Otani's already decided. It's over. Tatis has already decided he's the MVP. And I remember looking it up at the start of September. I think it was either like the last week of August or first week of September. And I looked at the stats and I wanted to try to get more into analytics and, you know, understand all this extra stuff that everyone's always talking about on TV. And so when I looked at 